five, four, three, two. Welcome to Comedians Talking Baseball, our sometimes monthly MLD recap <laughs> Where myself, comedian Joe Kilgan, along with that man you heard beautiful laugh, Mike Bridenstine, another funny That's comedian. Bridenstine's in LA, I'm in Chicago. Uh, this is Comedians Talking Baseball. You guys uh, are loyal listeners. We are back. After a very, very long hiatus, um, uh, you know, like I've been starting the last few podcasts, sorry for the hiatus, life's crazy, I have two kids now, and you know, uh, next season will be different because the, the one will be a, a better sleep schedule, hopefully, the little four-month-old Dylan, can't give him too much shit, he's a baby, but uh, it's good to hear Brido's <laughs> voice, I missed it, Mike, I'm not gonna lie, I missed your voice. Oh, I missed you too, I've been hearing you on Kilgallen's Pub. I've been hearing I've been... you on Hunk, my friend, you guys gotta check out Hunk. Mike Bridenstine's podcast. It is awesome. It's where he talks to people about their favorite thing. And he's a hunk. So it works. I mean, what else was I going to call it? Not a hunk? Doubtful. You know, people, if you put your picture on that podcast cover, people, I did. you did. And you didn't reference the beauty that is Mike Bridenstine. People would be a little weird about that. You know? I mean, I'm just basically, it's as obvious as the title of this show. Yes, I know. <laughs> My whole thing was I just didn't like explaining people what it was. <laughs> Comedians talking baseball. Oh, I know exactly what that is. Some podcasts have like silly, stupid names, and you're just like, wait, yeah, what am yeah. I listening to? Why would I listen well, to that? Welcome to Comedians Talking Baseball, where two girls drink wine and talk about crime. Ooh, drinking wine and talking crime. That sounds like a lot of female those podcasts, are, actually. Those are, those are very popular. <laughs> they are. It's like all those murder podcasts. My friend Georgia ha- b- bought a house. Off of her podcast? Yeah, yeah. Georgia. My, my Hard Stark, my favorite murder. Oh, the one with uh, Karen Kilgariff. Yes. See, I don't know Karen. I think maybe I've met her hello in passing, but I don't even know if that's true. But I remember someone jokingly saying that we should do a show at the Improv Lab where it's Joe Kilgallen, Karen Kilgariff, and Lori Kilmartin. And I remember thinking, ah. sure, yeah, I'll, any stage time in L.A. is welcome. So I, I don't care how goofy the gimmick is. That's a fun theme. Yeah. Someone just like, that's just basically somebody going, I noticed something. Yeah, I noticed you guys all have the same Irish prefix to your last name, that K-I-L. You know, instead of the mix and the apostrophes, us K-I-Ls are out there, damn it. Mm-hmm. It's true. You know, that's, that's very popular. A lot of towns in Ireland start with Kill. Kilkenny, Kildare, those are counties, but there's a lot of... Uh, Towns like Kilpatrick and uh, Killian, Kilborn. The kills are fucking, they're killing it, man. I don't <laughs> want people thinking we're not out there. We are out there. But we got to get into some baseball. Since we last talked to you, we talked to you guys last just before the All-Star break. And a lot has happened since then. Uh, might as well start off with our Cubs since uh, Brad and I are, are passionate and probably disappointed in their overall performance. And it's an interesting storyline, uh, regardless of our bias. The Cubs made a trade that happened about 30 seconds before the deadline in which they acquired Detroit Tuck. Nick Castellanos. I believe Nick that's the how stick. I said it. Yeah, Nick the Stick. They're calling him uh, Big Nick Energy. Um, all sorts of other nicknames he's got going on. What a fun ball player. Damn, dude. I've been happy. I've been very happy. I mean, his, he just hit his 12th home run yesterday in his 31st game with the Cubs. He had 11 in 100 games with the Tigers. It shows you the difference in the ballparks. And he could be a guy who's like, oh, I'm finally out of Detroit. I'm playing meaningful games, 40,000 people. Some guys jump to that. Um, they, they rise to the occasion, you know? Well, when you say I'm disappointed in the Cubs, I am. They're three games out. I'm used to 90-plus wins from these Cubs. However, before the season started, you have to remember – Right now, the Cubs have, like, what, 75 wins? Yes, yeah, 75. They were, they, they were projected at 79 wins. That's true. Baseball prospectus. Yeah, like, Pakota. It was Pakota. Yeah, because their pitchers were aging, and everybody was regressing, and was Bryant healthy, and all this stuff. They were projected in last place. Which was crazy, because I remember me and you saying, like, oh, that's just one publication, because there was a few other publications that liked them. Like, I think Fangraph's liked them for a playoff spot. I don't know if it was the division of the wild card. Uh, it's That sounds right. Yeah, I think so. The, what killed me about the 79 win pro- projection was that that same publication is never right. <laughs> yeah, so fix I didn't your care that much. Yeah, I didn't care that much, you know. They had us winning like 81 games when we won 97 in 2015. But then again, the, nine, the 2015 
team did kind of come out of nowhere. Twenty. Yeah. No one. Did you have Jake Arrieta doing that in the second half in 2015? No, I did have the Cubs winning the second wild card though. Remember, I had them winning I one did of too. the wild cards. I, I think we, I you and I too. both did. Yeah. We we liked them for it. I just um, I'm I just, a little biased, but I did. I'm a little heavy biased, but uh, um, <laughs> here's where the Cubs have been killing me, and. Just to touch on Nick Castellanos one more time, I hope they extend him. I texted you about how his, um, just the way he's been hitting the ball with the Cubs, new ballpark, different scenario, um, more conducive to his hitting style. Reminds me of Yelich going from that big ballpark in Miami to Milwaukee. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying Castellanos is going to be an MVP next year, but the age, about the same. People don't realize Nick Castellanos is two months younger than Chris Bryant. So he's very much going into his prime as a free agent, which is nice. And I don't think he's going to cost what Bryant did. So if the Cubs could extend him at like, I don't know, five years, 85 million or something, I think that's doable. Maybe six, a hundred. I'm not sure what he wants, but he, he might be worth the investment because he was a guy who was always a huge doubles hitter. He was, I don't know if he's still on pace, but for a moment there, he was on pace to get 60 doubles this year. And those doubles in Comerica are home runs at Wrigley. So all of a sudden, in a big ballpark like Detroit, in which I looked over the last few years, he was about an 840 OPS guy. I don't know what his OPS plus was or his weighted runs created plus was. But, you know, a good above average offensive player. Now you take him into Wrigley, which granted we know the wind blows in more than it does blows out these days. Still, though, very hitter-friendly power alleys to a guy like, I think in Detroit it's like 390 to a couple of those gaps, where Wrigley it's like 365. Old Tiger Stadium had a 440 center field. Four, jeez. I mean, I feel like every center field back in, like, before, like, what, 1960 was, like, ridiculous. <laughs> oh, the polo grounds? Yeah, it wasn't, like, 470. That's what people don't realize about that famous catch that Willie Mays made. So he catches it, and it's still another 50 feet to the dead center field wall. I think it's, like, what, four, was it 460 or something? Dude, I think that it keeps going, right? And then there's stairs that go up to the clubhouse. I think that that's, like, 560. Good Lord. That, that, I mean, obviously nobody ever hit it over that. No. That's but crazy. The, but, but it was like 300 down the line. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's right. I remember playing it. There was an, a great game. To me, it's the second best baseball video game next to good old uh, RBI Baseball. And that is uh, MVP Baseball 2005 for Xbox. That game, you could like classic ballparks and the polo grounds is one of them. Okay. I'm wrong. 483 to center. 258 to right field. Two eight. Did you say 258 or 288? I said 258. Good you got to realize though, that thing hits like a 45 degree angle and goes straight up. So within feet, like, if you walk straight along that wall, it's like 294, 339, 395 in the gap, 440 in, the, like, another gap. Like, it's a bathtub. What a weird ballpark. Is there any part of you that wishes that every ballpark was the same dimensions? Not even a little bit. They'd Not kind, even a little. They kind of tried that in the 70s with all those circular stadiums with the AstroTurf, 330, 400, 375, like, all that shit. And that is not fun don't get me wrong uh quirky on purpose also fuck off oh you didn't like the old hill at minute Maid ballpark no that can fuck right off yeah dude that broke some ankles i think or at least messed up some hamstrings but the old like polo grounds like mel ott hit like 500 something home runs there or not there but total and people were like yeah but he just did it because of the because of the fences and he's just like why didn't anybody else do it then and I was like, okay, badass. You can stay on every crossword puzzle ever. That's true. That is very true. <laughs> All right, I got Nick Castellanos fan graphs up here. Um, last year at the Tigers was a 130 WRC+. plus. That's a good year. That's 30 above average. 100 yeah. is the average. On every plus for the listeners, 100 means average. And everything above it is the percentage above average. On every plus, OPS plus, weighted runs created plus. So yes. 30, 30% better than regular. What's well, really, I'm looking at his numbers here. He had a three war in 2018. What's really hurt his uh, war, though, is his terrible, terrible defense, which I haven't seen yet. I've watched, you know me, I watch every Cubs game. 
I have yet to see a play where I'm like, wow, does he look lost out there? It could be you a range. It could be a range. Maybe it's a range issue. That could be it. Because, you know, like as much as we love Kyle Schwarber and left, you know, there's a lot of plays where he makes and you're like, oh, yeah, good play. And then every now and then there's a play where it's like, what was that, dude? Where, why did you, you did a, you ran in a square before you went back. What was it like? He makes me nervous. He makes me nervous. He makes you nervous. And I know a lot of that is from the old bias or not bias. Is that what I'm I'm looking for? It's a thing I tell people about LA traffic. I go, (laughs) I know it's seriously. I say to people, I go, Chicago's traffic is way worse than LA. And people look at me like, no, LA's the worst by far. I thought I go, that's like just what it's known for. And that reputation is stuck. Even though I feel like LA has shredded that reputation, it's look, it's still terrible. Don't get me wrong. The traffic there was still got awful. But I've been to like three or four cities where I was like, I think LA is not that bad compared to these. But people just still know it that way. You know, it's kind of like that person who has really bad zits. Their complexion finally clears up, but it takes everyone a little while to notice. <laughs> or the girl who takes off her glasses and is immediately beautiful. She's all that, man. <laughs> How did they not realize Rachel Lee Cook was gorgeous? Like, you could see it. Glasses. Glasses. Glasses, man. Standard. That's why we didn't know the difference between Clark Kent and Superman. Glasses. People back in the day would see glasses and literally just hate the world. They'd think, oh, look at this. They no longer saw a face. Yeah. They just saw spectacles. Rachel Lee Cook wears glasses. She can never wear glasses in her whole life, can't she? Um, She's still alive. I hope so. I think she would, if she were to wear them, people would be like, come on now. You know you want to take them off probably. <laughs> or maybe I just don't know who she is now because she's been wearing glasses. Yeah, for all we know, she's a very successful. She might be on Downton Abbey for all we know, just wearing glasses. <laughs> is she Tina Fey? Help me. <laughs> Look at this, though. Going to um, back to some war stuff here. Kyle Schwarber is an interesting one. He is a minus 5.9 on defense, which is pretty bad. But he was a plus defender the last two years, I believe, or the last year for sure he was a plus defender. He only has a 1.6 war. What's interesting about Kyle Schwarber right now is he's had a hot, hot post-All-Star break. We're he's talking 986 OPS. He's, he's had a Santana featuring Rob Thomas smooth September. It's a hot one. Yeah. His OPS or his WRC plus is only 112. Now, I'm looking closer at his numbers here. He, like, you know, again, his second half numbers, though, I don't know what his WRC plus in the second half is. I think someone told me 170, which I saw, like, on a a thing, which kind of makes sense. Um, Let me go back to the computer. I could give you a drop-down menu. Give me a drop-down, because I've got a few percent battery here on my phone. Sorry, everybody. We're just back. We're just back, you know. Can't be uh, totally on top of our game. Getting them kinks out. Yeah. So he's got 33 bombs right now. Slugging is over 500 at 515. His on base percentage is low this year compared to the years past at 329. Normally he's closer to 340, 350. Given his low ass batting average, that's actually pretty good. He's usually 100 points over. Um, here's what's crazy, dude. Do you want second bat- half? Do you want second half or September? Sorry. Get second half because September's been three days. His BABIP, that's batting average on balls and plays, everybody, which league average you've told me is 300. Yeah. His for is 250. For- for a pitcher, it's 300. A good hitter can have a higher Babbitt. True. A good hitter definitely could. Like, Bias is, I'm looking at Bias, he's 345. Bryant's 328. But Kyle Schwarber's at 250, which would show you that he's kind of getting unlucky. It's been 216 in the second half. His batting average on balls and plays is 216 in the second half. 216. And he still hasn't, what's his OPS again in the second half? Oh, could you add 348 and 638 for me? That's like 980-something. Yeah. What's his um, WRC plus in the second half? 399. Oh, oh, sorry, 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 sorry. 146. 146, so 46% percent above league average after the All-Star game. And uh, still, with only a 211 banning average on balls in play. Which, like, imagine if the balls were, if he was getting a little bit, you know, a few breaks here or there. Which means that... Red, even hotter hitting second half hitter Anthony Rizzo is at a 369 Babbitt. Wow. Yeah, Rizzo's having a really good season. It's kind of going unnoticed because he missed some games and his power disappeared for an entire month. Yeah, Rizzo's had a better second half by a lot. Yeah. But look at this. I mean, yeah, the Cubs have just been. 
so frustrating because I look at their regulars. Now, I'm going to count Wilson Contreras, even though he missed a good five or five to six weeks he missed. Him being back is huge. Zobras being back is huge. Zobras being back is very nice. My computer died. But Zobras being back is big because he, he always, even when he struggles, he has professional at-bats. Like, Zobras wasn't off to a good start this season, but he still is a guy that grinds out, you know, six, seven pitches out of the pitcher. And, and it's, I don't know. He's just a dude. He, he's clutch. What? What type you know, of we argue about that if that's a thing or not sometimes? What type of dumb bitch would cheat on a guy with that level of professionalism and consistency? Right? A World Series MVP, mind you. You're not even a good singer. Brutal. Dude, he came out. So for those of you who aren't following along, Ben Zobris has missed basically the whole season, uh, minus like the first four or five weeks, and then he came back last night because he had uh, you know uh, problems with his marriage. Which when it first happened, we were thinking, okay, he's going to take a week off or something. I've never heard of a player taking this much time off. It's not my business to get in his personal life. The latest rumor is that, well, at first it was like she, first people thought, oh, he cheated on her because he's a professional athlete. And they just assumed the man did that, which fair, fair. totally fair. fair. <laughs> and then it was, oh, no, she cheated on him. So then everyone's like, oh, my God, her song sucks. Her music sucks. Can we, can we finally admit that now? Everybody was too quick to be that friend that's like dude that chick was terrible <laughs> but ben's like i still like her like ben came out to her song still which i don't know if that was like for his kids like to be like mommy and dad are gonna still be good parents to you and even if we're apart so maybe he's just being a good dad but i think every fan was like i can't wait to find out what song he comes out to but he came out to her song so but get this here's the latest rumor. sorry about that but i'm bouncing all over the place here i don't i don't like that he came out to that song i don't either because she cheated on him yeah but get should, this uh... dude she cheated on him with a woman. Is that true? That's the big rumor that I've been seeing all over Twitter. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. That's because people were making jokes saying he should come out to like this song or that song or a Melissa song. Sounds or... like Zobrist is about to hit a lot more triples, if you know what I mean. I don't, but that sounds like fun for him. Menage triple. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah, a little triple sum. <laughs> sounds good. You know, he's older now. He's thirty-eight. Those guys usually stop at second, but he's gonna he's gonna be looking at that third base coach. He should be up. he should be coming out to triad by the birds. <laughs> uh, or three is the loneliest number. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Or yeah. one is the loneliest number. But there's a song about the number three. Three is the magic number. That's there's the name gotta of the song. Be, there's got to be a bunch of threesome songs he could come out to. Britney Spears had a threesome song. That was really hot. Yeah, it's like one, two, three. You wanna fuck me? I think that's how it goes. Something like that. But dude, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. That's that's the rumor I've been hearing. Um, ben Zobris though got a huge ovation, deservedly so. Ben yeah. Zobris should never buy a drink in the city of Chicago the rest of his life. He's a great man, a great person. I can't say anything bad about him. Everyone I know who's ever cr- come across him is like the guy's an angel. He's a dude that I want to retire this season. That's why I hope the Cubs go on a playoff run here and, and he could get some, some great moments for his old memory bank and then come back and be our first base coach next year or something. Cause I think he's one of those dudes you kind of want around your organization. He's very religious, which is why he's trying to work out the marriage. Yeah. You know, if, if what, if what I said was problematic in any way to our faithful lesbian fan base, I apologize. I, yeah, I don't. I, I think I don't think it was. I think it was fine, man. Um, I know Caitlin Warwick listens, and I don't. I don't think she would have a problem with that. I think we're, we know we're joking around. That's what the Chappelle specials taught me. Anything. It's got about the intent, and I'm not going to get into his because I only saw the first 25 minutes of it, and I don't want to be one of those people who judges something they haven't seen the whole way through. Anyhow, but I, I, I just, you know, I, I, I just, do think I things just, are about uh, intent. I just posted on Facebook, or. We could talk about comics that we like who don't have $47 million, who we'd like to have more attention. Yeah, yeah, that's true, too. Exactly. I noticed that about people. They're, they're so quick to um, you know, talk about the big names, but anyone local to them, they don't, they don't do shit for. I wonder you, if did it's, you, it's too close to home, maybe. Like, maybe it feels weird if somebody wrote like a gushy thing about how good CYSK and Joe Kilgallen were at stand-up. You'd be like, thanks, bud. That could be. That, I mean, maybe that's yeah, too close to home, maybe for some people, I guess. I don't know. But I also noticed that people like to suck up to stars. Not that any of these people think that, oh, Chappelle, hey, dude, I saw that tweet about me. Thanks for the support. What are you right. doing next weekend? Like, right. you know? Right. Um, 
I, I was doing it. Someone, I can't remember who it was. They're like, dude, you like every post that people post about comedy shows. And they, they said, what are you doing that to try to get on them? And I looked at them like, you think I need to do that to get on comedy shows? I do that because I know the more likes things have, the more other people see them. And I believe a rising tide lifts all boats. Look at yeah, you. Yeah. You know? Look at you. Wait, someone said that to you? Yeah, it was, it was like a couple of years ago, though. Someone noticed what you liked on social media? Yeah, and I can't remember if it was like a playoff. I, I, was, I think we were talking about people kissing ass, and I think they were like, what about you doing like in every comedy show post? And, I was, and then I even made a post about, not the person, I just said, hey, uh, I wrote in like, there's like a Chicago comedy scene group on Facebook, and I wrote in that, guys, when you see people post about shows, like it. Because the more likes, the more people see it better chance people come out to those shows it just helps everybody you should just do that if someone is promoting their podcast their shows whatever like if this is really a community that's the way you should look at it so you know i'm gonna take this time to pause and reflect on what a good person you are you know i don't know if i'm a good person but i know i'm considerate <laughs> that is that is more considerate and mature than most people will ever be yeah that's, that's commendable i want to take the time to say that that well, that thank was, you that was, that was good of you I appreciate that, the man. The person who, on the other hand, the person who said, what about you? You like every show post. I don't know if that was a moment of weakness for that person. I don't know what their deal was at the time. That person, bad. I think it was a moment of weakness. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Uh, but, yeah, dude, like, I, I don't know. Like, That's I think I like what you're cell doing. You're, it is, right? You're doing, you've been doing that lately where you're tweeting out, here's the things I like, here are people you should check out. What do you call them? Brido's what? Fuck yeah, Fridays. Fuck yeah, Fridays. Everything on social media rewards negativity. It does. And that's what, like, the Chappelle special is called Sticks and Stones. Yep. It's, should be, it could have been called Go Complain on Social Media. And then everybody did. I know. And what, what? Like, the whole point of the thing is, like, I'm being naughty. Yeah. To piss you off. Yeah. Dude. Well, let me say this before we go back to baseball. I and mean, everyone, we got some fun stuff with Verlander and Trout and Comedians. Comedians first talking baseball. Second. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're, 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 we should be, there should be a podcast called Baseball Players Talking Comedians. I'd like to hear that one. Oh, hell yeah. Ryan Dempster right? can host that one. Yeah, Dump, I'll get you on that one, man. I'll, I'll set you up in the right direction. So with Chappelle, though, I don't understand. A lot of the people I know who hated it that I see, like, on Twitter, in my head, I'm like, what did you expect it to be? That's just, that's, um, for lack of a better term, that's just a person showing what team they're on for no reason. Yes, that you're right. And, and there, are, there really are people who are just, like, looking to hate. Like, I, I came across, because, you know, I'm friends with... So, you know, a lot of my feminist friends will retweet feminist viewpoints and stuff, which I have no problem with. But I came across this one account. It's from a gynecologist. And her <laughs> whole, yeah. It's, and her whole thing is like the word vagina should not be thought of as a negative because someone made a point where they're like, oh, they didn't want me to say vagina on air, but I was allowed to say this other word or, you know, whatever. And, and yeah, that's pussy? I can't remember. I don't know if it was pussy. They just didn't like they just didn't want to use the word vagina, but they were able to use a different, I can't remember what the word was, but her point was like... Vagina is a medical term. Yeah, that's her thing. That's what it's called. It's called a vagina. We shouldn't be all like weird about it, which I agree with. I totally agree with her on that. Anyway, though, her shit keeps... I don't follow her, but her shit will show up because it's like, oh, 12 of your friends like this one. Yeah. So Steve Hofstetter, a comic, wrote... Uh, he like was in Canada, and some Canada abbreviation was like V4... G, the number one, the letter N, and then the number four again. So kind of like a, at a glance, looked like vagina. Yeah. And then he just wrote like, he didn't say anything negative about the word vagina where everybody just like, oh, look at this unfortunate combination. And then she was just like, why is this unfortunate? And I, I saw that. I don't think I followed either of them early. And I saw that. And I remember being like, why are you, you're, he's clearly not trying to be like, fuck the word vagina. He's not coming at it negatively. He's just thinking, wow, how about that? It's, if it were pen three, and one yeah, or yeah, whatever. Yeah. He would have yeah. said the same thing. Pen 15. It, yeah, Pen 15, everyone, which is a TV show who's really good. Um, I haven't seen it yet, though. But, like, to me, I just think to myself, like, that's someone who is scrolling looking to find shit to be mad about. Oh, and I just wanna... know that's unhealthy. <laughs> yeah, that's rampant. It's so rampant. I just see these people just like, Dave Chappelle, I'm so disappointed. I'm like, have you watched any of his shit before? What made you think that 
Like, I just to me, I'm just like, you knew he was going to go this way. It's called Sticks and Stones. Did you think he was going to come out and go, hey, I did a trans joke two specials ago. People hated it. Here's why I'm sorry. What did you think? It's going to. They gonna, wanted it to be. They wanted to be pissed, man. It's going to start all over again with Bill with Bill Burr's special in like a couple weeks too. Yeah, that one's coming out in a couple weeks, and then people are going to be like, "Wow, Bill's really changed." I'm like, "No, he fucking has not." No, we did. We <laughs> did, and and that's fine too. And you could change. My whole thing with stamp comedy is, it there's genres within the genre, and I know. Said this, but I've said this way longer than he has. Are you covering up your receiver? Oh shit! Yeah, I just put my pinky over it. My bad. I didn't realize. Cell phones. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> um, Joe Rogan had made this point. I because I, I saw a clip of it recently on YouTube. But I had said this when Hannah Gatsby's thing came out. Nanette. Yeah. I haven't watched Nanette. Now, <laughs> I'm not against that style of comedy per se. I just didn't get around to it. But I know people who were 100 percent against that style. They watched it and then shit all over it. And myself, I'm like, you know, punk rock bands don't listen to the latest country album. Yeah, it's all music, but it's different genres. Like, I don't expect people who love Hannah Gatsby to be all like, oh, dude, um, fucking, uh, oh, Chris has got a new special out. Can't wait to check that out. No, right. they would never watch it. And right. they would never, like, if you like Cameron Esposito, you're not going to be like, oh, I can't wait for Joe Rogan's new thing. And that's fine. And Can the I Joe tell Rogan you? fan base doesn't need to like Cameron's shit either. I like Cameron and Joe Rogan. And that's cool. I mean, I'm, there are people who do both. You're the guy who is like, oh, yeah, I like rap and rock. And that's yeah. fine. And there are a lot of people like that. Um, I, but like, you probably don't like country. <laughs> I <laughs> Country comedy. I, yeah. I mean. I don't mind some country. Like four songs. <laughs> I, I agree with you, but I don't know what to do with that. I don't know what to do with it either. I think as comedians, we're all just so thought out. Like we're, we think of we're we're a bunch of insecure nut jobs. So even the ones who aren't that insecure are still a little bit. And I just feel like we're just so possessive of our art. I don't even know if that made sense. What I just said, but like I got mad at people who I felt didn't have a right to talk about comedy, talking about the Chappelle special, even if I agreed with them. Are you there? I'll move oh, around. Maybe that helps. No, you're back. You're back. Sorry. Oh, we're back. We're back. So what did you get mad about listen- people for? Listeners, I was going to say. You got mad at our listeners, Brian? Why would you do that? I, I got no. mad at people on Facebook for posting about Chappelle if I felt like they didn't have a right to talk about comedy, even if I agreed with them. God, I'm... I'm really killing it with this with this one. Okay, you're back. You got mad at people for posting about Chappelle if they didn't watch for the third time. This is such bad podcasting right now. I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> I got mad at people for posting about Chappelle if I felt like they didn't deserve to have an opinion about comedy, even if I agreed with their opinion. Oh, I gotcha. Are you talking about comedians or people in general? Because can't yeah, regular regular um, people can say whatever they want, right? I got maddest at new comics. That that I would agree with. Here's an interesting thing, and then I, I, I didn't get mad at regular people. Yeah, um, well, that's how I felt about new fan. New, I got really mad about Cubs fans. Too, like I dude, I gotten really into Cubs Twitter, like not intentionally, I guess. There's some Twitter accounts that. I like out there a lot that follow the Cubs. There's this dude, Brad Robinson. There's um, this away games podcast that um, a couple comics from New York do. Um, there's uh, a bunch of people whose names I should be giving more shout outs to, but I'm slipping right now. And um, I, so I started following a bunch of those accounts and through them, I see all this other stuff and there like is a Cubs Twitter. And I'm sure there's a Yankees Twitter, a Red Sox, Astros, Mariners, whatever. And dude, it's like so negative. It's so fucking negative. And I started to get really pissed off and I was getting in these threads with people and I was kind of like saying, listen, when Theo Epstein's gone, you're going to fucking miss him. Like, don't talk shit. And I just was, I was mad at negative fans and they're like, well, we could be disappointed. We're allowed to be negative fans. I thought to myself, well, yes, of course you are. But I also think that's a worse way to be a fan. And if you don't appreciate this shit, like we're still very, like at the time the Cubs were like tied for first and they were freaking out going, this is the worst team I've ever seen. And I'm like, really? We're tied for first. Probably much, you know, negative people are cowards because 
there's no risk in being a pessimist. If I'm like, it's all going to go to shit, and then it does, good for you. Most things go to shit. You're right, yeah. So they're, they're like these people who hedge their bets. Yeah. Because if they win, they're going to be like, well, I'm happy they won. But in my head, I'm like, no, you don't get to dessert. You don't appreciate it, or you don't get to celebrate the way us people who had faith the whole year did. So on top of that, imagine, I don't know who could write about baseball that I'd be pissed off about. Eddie Goodell, the little person that Bill Vec had go uh, take one at bat. If he was on social media being like, guys, as a baseball player, here's what I think. You'd be like, uh, no. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Or, you, so when you see open micers talking about Chappelle, you're like, mm, let's, let's wait your turn, kid. I, I feel that. That makes sense to me. Because to me, I don't mind fans saying stuff, but when I see the negativity, I get really mad. So that's why I think I brought up the Cubs Twitter because I see that stuff where it's just like, all right, you're allowed to be mad about that shit. But if it were like talking shit or also, if I, also if I've never seen you say anything good about any comic, I don't. If I don't know what you like, you can't get. You don't get to tell me what you hate. Oh, that's fair. I like that. That's really good, actually. I like that one a lot. Because everyone is a fucking vagina (laughs) (laughs) online. I mean, or whatever. Everyone is like big and bad being like, I think this is bad. What do you think is good? I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. No, you're not. I wish there was more good. I wanted to see like the good stuff. That's why I responded to someone because someone's like, the Cubs aren't going to make the playoffs and they were pissed. And I go, well, what if they don't? What if they don't make the playoffs this year? What? Is your world going to stop? Like, you know, I was, I'm the, I was like the most obsessive fan ever, and I feel like maybe I've lost a little bit of that edge since the Cubs won the World Series. I Although I still watch every game. You I lost a little too. bit too? Yeah. I, I feel like something was taken out of me when the Cubs won. <laughs> Part of my identity. Maybe. Yeah, you know, but I'm okay with that because they did the thing I've always wanted them to do. That's and true it, too. And it felt better than I even imagined it to. It felt so good, dude. I yeah. loved every second of that. <laughs> we came back from three games to one to win the World Series on the road in the greatest game seven of all time. Like, if you wrote that for a Hollywood script, they would send it back going, That's, it's too neat. You know what I mean? It's a little too unbelievable that something would go down this way. I say this on almost every show that I've ever done, period. But I still can't picture Rajai Davis hitting that home run without feeling terrible. I know. Yeah. And I, I, you and I have talked about how if I were to rewatch that game, even though I know we win, I would feel ill during that stretch. Cause I did feel ill during that stretch. You, I, every human emotion came over me in a, in that last 60 minutes of baseball there. And it was great. Do I, st- do I, I still watch every Cubs game though. I'm still very much invested in, into them, but I think I've matured enough where when pl- they're human, I know they're human beings too, you know, maybe meeting a few of these guys and really appreciating how hard it is. I just see people like they're so mad and, and I'm like, look, they won the world series in 2016. It's less than three years later. And you're a, you're just miserable. And I know it's their own personal lives that are miserable. With, yeah. Projecting it on other stuff. Yeah. So I kind of, I've started to go easier on them. Yeah. You know, like I got into this thing on Instagram with, I had this joke, this um, like comedy Instagram page that's Chicago based. They posted a, one of my clips and the clips from my album turned special, which you guys can check out on YouTube. It's free. It's blowing it's called... up, you guys. Wait, yeah. they, they probably know that. They probably know that. Yeah. So thanks, everybody. And um, the, in the clip, I say, I've never catcalled a woman. I never, ever would catcall a woman. But I'll drive around the block to get a better look at you. Yes. Which is just silly. And, and the funny. And every time I've done that, I look out at a sea of women laughing at that joke. Someone on Instagram thought it was predatory behavior. I then commented, oh, it was just a joke. I would, I've never actually driven around the block for someone. And then they were like, well, even putting that out there is putting the thought in men's heads to do this. And imagine being a woman and you notice someone drove around the block to look at you again. And I'm like, yeah, that would suck, of course. And then she started to go after me even more. I clicked on her profile. This was a person who had been in and out of the hospital a lot. And, uh... and so I'm kind of like, I'm not going to get into it with this. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, hey, look, sorry you took it that way. Um, I mean, I'm not sorry for the joke, but I'm sorry that you took it the way you did because I don't want anyone to feel bad about something I say. That's different than apologizing for a joke, anyone out there. And then I, but what killed me was I clicked on the, when I went to click on their profile again to be like, does this person see me in Chicago before? Like, what's the, you know, 
It was private. It wasn't private. I clicked on their, you know, if you click on Instagram profile, sometimes it takes you to their Instagram story. Yeah. It took me to their Instagram story. They screenshotted the post and then said, tell this fucking misogynist what we think of them to her followers. And I remember being like, and then I, then I was like, you know, I am going to respond. I go, what you're doing is very mean. I didn't make it personal with you. I thought we were having a discussion and you're telling people to trash me. I go, that's not nice. And I really wanted to throw the part that what you did is mean and what it's not nice. Cause I wanted him to have a moment of reflection to be like, Oh crap, maybe he's right. But they didn't. I woke up in the morning to seven more comments on that clip from people saying, this is the least funny thing I've ever heard. I clicked on each one of those profiles. They're all friends with her. Right. You know what I mean? Right. None of them followed the page in question. And then the page in question took the video down, which really pissed me off. Because it's like, you thought the joke was funny. Stand by the joke. Seven people didn't like the joke. You had 100 other likes on it. And the seven people who didn't like it don't even follow your fucking page. They found the video off the hashtag. You know, and it's kind of, that's just there's some gutless shit out there that kind of gets me revved up a little bit. I am sorry for creating a fake account to get to advertise your special. You know what? You were smart, though, because the controversy helps, actually. <laughs> I was like, controversy creates cash. Let's get Joe some uh, some eyeballs on this page. <clears throat> and a hate is just as good as a like. I like surprise. I've been responding to all the positive YouTube comments because I'm like, you know what? Why not? Let's 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 uh, th- these people want to show me love. I'll show them some love back. And I appreciate them checking it out and supporting the negative ones. I haven't responded to. But then a day like a couple days ago, I, I noticed there was replies to the negative. Where I'm like, ooh, people are replying to the negative comments on my behalf. This is cool. And I clicked on it and I saw it. And I'm like, oh, nice. Sweet. Like, that's cool. I don't even have to do this. I got people who are like, hey, man, don't talk shit about Joe. Yeah. So that's pretty nice. All right. Let's get back to space. No, 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 no. But one one thing, though. If you can get someone to hate you, the person who likes you and defends you will like you even more. That's cool. That's part of the reason that you need – to get to allow haters yeah that makes sense by the way speaking of fans i believe since the last time that we spoke on this show you have uh had at your live shows uh listeners dylan brown and or listeners bart hag i met bart i met good old bart uh dylan i talked to every now and then he wants me to go to a Sox game with him but unfortunately i can't make the date in question because it was going to see mike trout um, oh, nice. play against the Sox, which would have been awesome, but I can't make it. Uh, but, but, but yeah, dude, Bart, Bart, I met Bart and his wife, great people. So shout out to Bart. I know he's uh, missed the podcast, but he's got kids as well. So he gets it. Um, or he's got one kid too. Bart, I'm sorry. I forgot how many kids you have, man. Um, I was very, very tired when I saw Bart. I was hungover. <laughs> I was. I was super hungover. It was, it was this comedy festival in Davenport, Iowa, which you got to do a show at, by the way, man. It's a cool downtown there. And um, me and him were talking about how you have to go out there. Anyhow, I, and, um, I, I will be in Davenport doing a show. I haven't told anybody this. Either November 29th or 30th, either the day or two days after Thanksgiving. Hello? 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 All right, back. I can hear you yes. again. Yes. All right, sorry about that. What time is it where you are? One forty-four. Okay, that means it's 3.44 here. All right, cool, because I got to go get groceries at 4 o'clock, everybody. Sorry, all right, um... So, well, here's a segue then. Oh, no, I mentioned in Davenport, I was hungover because it was a weekend festival that Friday night. I was Friday night that I won't have to wake up if I hear a baby crying in the middle of the night. So I'm going to have some fun. And I, I drank way too much. Um, I didn't even drink that much. It's just my tolerance, I think, has gotten weaker because I don't really go after it the way I used to. And um, I was hungover the whole next day. And Brido, you're sober and you're smart for being sober because you don't have, to have days in which you waste by being in a hotel bed all day when you could have been productive. That's true. Yeah, so maybe I should get on that train. All right, so... Um, Did you hear me what, say that I'm going to be in Davenport either the 29th yeah. or 30th? Okay, I, it cut out yeah, right thanks, after that. I Thanksgiving to, week. Yeah, make sure I got that plug in there. Yeah, hell yeah, Thanksgiving weekend. Um, and we're not done, everybody. We're going to do a few more of these podcasts. I just can't pretend like I'm going to do it next week. Last time, I, last time we did one, I'm like, guys, we'll be back to weekly, I promise. And then here we are seven weeks later or six weeks later or something. But I do want to talk about Mike Trout. 
because he is leading the American League in home runs. And earlier this year, you and I were talking about how. Oh, he needs, yeah, he needs a number. He needs a number thing. And I want him to get to 50 so badly. Yes. Because he's always been unbelievable, but he's never had one of those seasons where you're like, holy shit. Right. Like, you know, I, I would love for him to win a triple crown, which is hard because, you, you know, lean the league in RBIs on a, on a team like his is very difficult to do because you need people on base in front of you. Right. Yeah, he needs an old school stat to go along with his new one. Yes, that way that way the old heads could be like, oh, this Mike Trout guy is pretty good, you know? Yeah. Something like that. A 50 home run season, which is what I want from him badly. He needs to bat 400. <laughs> he needs to hit, yeah, 50 bombs, that sort of thing. Yeah, it's, it's a shame that he needs to do any of these things because even if he'd never hit 50, he's still one of the greatest baseball players of all time. And I wish, I wish that would be enough. Well, but, I, like, I mean, I don't know. I'm still seeing articles about Bryce Harper on ESPN. And I want to go over there and just smack somebody. It's because he gets clicks. For some reason, Bryce Harper still gets clicks. He's like a heel. Or, or if, you know, people love him or hate him, I feel like. Or Mike Trout is just this good guy. He's like a great human being who I find, I find interesting. Whenever I've seen interviews with him, I find him pretty good. He doesn't bore me. Was, was I, I, Jeter a heel? Honestly. Um, I think the Yankees themselves are heel nationally. Yeah. I don't, but I've met people who are, who loved him. Even if they hated the Yankees, he was yeah. there. He gave gift baskets to women. He banged. We've gone on and on about Jeter before in the past on this podcast. I guess I just can't understand other than the Yankees, like why they were, why they could market him, why they can market Bryce Harper, but they can't. <laughs> I, I will eventually get over this. Bryce Harper marketed himself though. He did. He, yeah. When he came, he came into the league, so he already had a push from Sports Illustrated because they're like, this is a dude yeah. who got his GED so he could go to junior college so he could get drafted earlier. Get scout- you could get drafted out of high school, but he wanted to like – he, he skipped his senior year of high school because right. he wanted to become a freshman in, at a junior college instead just to up the competition so he could be the first pick of the draft. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where Mike Trout was the 26th pick of the first round. Steal. Um, it's a steal. Oh. Yeah, 25 other teams should be banging their heads off the wall every now and then. <laughs> I'm sure they are. Yeah, right? And Anaheim versus D.C. Not that D.C. is anything special, but the time the Nationals kind of had a little sizzle. They had, they had uh, Strasburg. Yeah, they got and, Strasburg, and they were new. Yeah, they were new. They had some heat. They had that fancy Walgreens logo. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, and then he had that thing where they asked him a question, and he was like, that's a clown question, bro. And then he trademarked that. Do you guys know that he trademarked that's a clown <laughs> question, bro? Why can't they market Anthony Rendon? Yeah, I don't know. Do you know that since 2017, he's third in overall war after Trout and Mookie Betts? And that's with missing time each year. Doesn't he usually have a good three weeks where he's out? He does. Yeah, I think that's what hurts him a little bit, too. He's right now, if you look, you're probably thinking Yelich, Bellinger at home. Like You're like, all I hear about is Yelly and Belly. Also, look at fucking Anthony Rendon's stats. He's an MVP candidate for sure. Yeah. And he always you, is. He no, always he, he is, right. is. Baseball is just... They could you know, market, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is going to be a star because Vladimir Guerrero is already a brand name. Yep. So you had the junior. Yep. He's got a little bit more flash than his dad. Yep. And that's easy, right? Absolutely. Even if he gets buried in Toronto, they're going to find a way. The games are East Coast time. ESPN will push them. You're fine. You know who's going to be Where huge Trout, is Mike Trout Jr. Yeah, he'll be big. Oh, his son will fucking kill it. <laughs> um, but but like like Trout, he's got so many strikes against him as far as as far as the promotion game goes. West Coast time. Yep. You know the games come on later. The rest of the country is in bed when you know when those games are wrapping up. Yeah. So I'm sure people on the West Coast would probably go pretty nuts for Trout. He plays in the second market in his own market. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Like, if Trout was on the White Sox, that would hurt him than being over the Cubs. Frank Thomas. Um, Frank Thomas was the big hurt, was a great nickname. So that's where Hawk Harrelson really was good as a broadcaster. He was very good with nicknames. The big hurt is a very good nickname. <clears throat> yeah. Although they never gave Mark Burley a good nickname. What was his nickname? Um, there wasn't. Dependable lefty? You know, I don't know. Like Dylan is yelling something. What is it? We can't hear you, Dylan. Yeah, what is it? Uh, yeah, I don't think I don't think Burley really had like a real jazzy nickname, but Trout. I'm, I'm thinking this 50 home run season will be a big thing for him if he can get to 50 or just lead the league in home runs. Interestingly enough, 
the guy who's second in home runs in the American League is Jorge Soler, former Cub, yeah. who's having his breakout season at the age of 27, which, you know, it's about entering a player's prime. Can't really – he was always the guy that's like, if this guy could be healthy, we know what the bat could do and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But was always injured every year. So that's why when – that's another thing. You got people second-guessing stuff on Twitter. If, if you're a Cubs fan and you bring up Glenbar Torres, you're a fucking moron. I'm sorry, <laughs> but that, that trade led to a World Series. So if someone were to say to me during the 2016 season – you have to give up Glenn Bartoris for a World Series. I'd say yesterday. Do that. On, fine. Uh, on one of the sites today, or today or yesterday, one of the blogs, like Bleed Cubby Blue, or like one of the Cubs Bleacher Sports, maybe, I follow on my RSS feed. The headline just said, the cup stacking at Wrigley has got to stop. <laughs> <laughs> and it just showed different pictures of the cup stacking in, in the bleachers, like really high, like empty beer stacks. And I was like, that seems about right. I, the Cubs are my favorite team. And I hate when people say, like, the Cardinals have the best fan base in baseball. But the Cubs fan base, for about 75% of them, are fucking horrible. It's getting that right. You know, I used to be one of those people that defended it by saying, hey, man, it's because forever when the Cubs were bad, people would say, oh, they just sell it out because it's wriggling. It's nice. But then I'd go, well, why are the local television ratings and the local radio ratings through the roof? They're, like, huge. You know, I have friends who work in radio, and they're like, yeah, even when the Cubs were bad, their radio numbers were still really good. Yeah. So I said to myself, I'm like, those are fans who are either driving in their car or, you know, for as far as local television ratings, they're sitting at home on the couch. I go, you're confusing Cubs fans with Wrigley Field fans. Yep. Now, Wrigley Field fans, especially in the bleachers, I've hated for a long time. Those people are there for – for that experience. They're the same people. You're not going to know what I'm talking about. Some people will who go to WWE events to say what after somebody yeah. talks. And it's just like, stop fucking doing that. Like real wrestling fans are like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. There's yeah, there's novices and everything. And I felt like those fans really were like, they were the people throwing stuff at Bartman and they were, those, yep, those yep. people, because the bleachers to me are like the worst spot to sit. And I know some dudes, Bleacher Jeff, if you're listening, my tie guy who I've connected with on Twitter. Ronnie um, Woo Woo. Ronnie Woo Woo. But those dudes are guys who are like, nah, we, you know, we grew up, their, their dads were probably old bleacher bums from back in the day when the bleachers were where the blue collar workers would sit. Yeah. Because that's what, that's what the bleachers were. It was all like the working class sat in the bleachers because it was the cheapest ticket. Were in they 19... working? Were they working? They weren't. They were taking half days from their construction job <laughs> and, and going to the ballpark, which was fun for them, right? But that's where it was. It was, it was the working class. It was the blue-collar people who were sitting in the bleachers. And um, I remember in 1997 when I turned 13, I called it my Cubs mitzvah because when I was like Ooh. 11, when I was like – I probably told this story a million times on this podcast. But when I was like 10 or 11, my dad said, when you turn 13 on your 13th birthday, I'll give you some cash and you and your friends could hop on the bus and go to the Cubs game by yourselves. No adult supervision at 13, which nowadays people would be like, what irresponsible parenting is that? You know, <laughs> you know, I grew up off of Irving Park Road, but so it was just a four or five block walk down to Addison. Irving Park and Cicero. Great classic Brido joke. And uh, and I hopped on the Addison bus with my three buddies. There was four of us in total. We didn't know where we were going to sit yet because it was September 21st, 1997. It was actually um, Ryan Sandberg, like his last day. Your birthday is no, no, that wasn't that one. Wasn't his last one? Yeah, my birthday is September 21st, so it's coming up. Ooh. And um, oh, what was I was going to say, oh, so here, so we had, we didn't know where we were going to sit yet. The Cubs were terrible in 1997, so you can pretty much just show up and be like, well, what's the best for our value? My buddy was like, let's sit in the bleachers. Let's try to do that. Maybe we'll catch a home run. You know, we're 13 years old. So, yeah, mm-hmm. let's do it. It was the first time I ever sat in the bleachers. We got four tickets. Total was $24. It was six bucks a ticket. Nice. I'm not kidding you. Six bucks a ticket. The next year. Sammy Sosa hit 66 home runs. Yeah. Bleacher tickets went through the roof because then at the time he hit 20 in June at the time in Chicago, a couple neighbors were being gentrified by, by young college kids and yuppies big time. And that's what was happening. People don't really realize this, but like Wrigleyville, I mean the nineties, it started to turn around as a whole, but like in the eighties, dude, you you wouldn't hang out in Wrigleyville at night. My downstairs neighbor told me constantly couple years ago you couldn't have even lived here oh in your neighborhood right now in la definitely no 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 in uh like by tunes in chicago oh when you lived yeah you lived off of southport right or yeah ashland between between ashland and southport off irving yeah 
You, you couldn't have. No, for sure. My, um, my friend's um, wife's dad's a uh, cop, and he's a Mexican guy. And he talked about how the whole neighborhood was all Puerto Rican. It was like 95% Puerto Rican. Now, if you go through in Lakeview in Wrigleyville, you're not going to see too many Puerto Rican people. Oh, they it's tore just... down. They tore down that apartment and built like a three million dollar condo. Yeah, there are so many million dollar houses now. Who are all um, these millionaires? Yeah, so they just kind of filtered through the neighborhood, and I feel like, oh, those are the people who think they're fans, and that's why I can't stand sitting in the bleachers anymore. Like, I mean, if someone has an extra ticket for the bleachers, yeah, I'm going to go, but I will never actively sit out a bleacher seat. I like to sit. You know, like the 400 level in the upper deck, because I feel like that's where a lot of the real fans still are. Do you want to uh, hear know. an even more controversial hot take on my on my part? It's not even a hot take. I've had this opinion quietly for years. That I a lot of the blame for Wrigley fans is Harry Carey. No, he was a part of it too. There was a perfect storm of Sammy Sosa. Um, you know, the '89 Cubs were popular, so mm-hmm. that kind of started to turn the wave. We got night 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 games came through. Sorry, I started there, everybody. On Harry was super popular. You're right. Hey, Joe, what date do the lights come on at Wrigley? 888. That's correct. It wasn't an official game, though. It got rained out. So That's the next day true. is the first official game, 8-9. Who'd they play? 88. Oh, shit. Uh, I want to say Cincinnati. I'm almost positive it's the Phillies. Unless yeah, the- Phillies or Reds was what I was going with, but then I went with Cincinnati. Unless the unless the 8-8-88 game got rained out and the 8-9-88 no, I think I think you're right. I think you're right. And it was the Phillies. Um, all right, let's talk about this, right? We're rooting for Trout to get to 50. Anything else sticking out to you in the second half right now where you're like, wow, this is not what I expected, or, or this player is really holy shit? Um, okay, so I'm interested in the Braves. I'm interested in the NL East. I am interested in the NL Central, but we've talked about that enough. The Phillies are kind of a disappointing story if you're a Phillies fan out there listening. Yeah. They did a, they did a lot in the offseason, and they're now, I think, three games or four games out of the second wild card. Jake Arrieta, He's who done. I always loved, yeah. is not good. He's done. Um, yeah. Is he, is he hurt now? or is He's, he out, for the, he's out for the season. Yeah, I think I saw that. And, uh, yeah, and uh, Bryce Harper has turned it on, though, in the second half. Hit that walk-off grand slam against the Cubs that was really a dagger. Yeah. Through the heart. Yeah. I, okay, so the Yankees, at, like the, the American League is basically settled other than that second wild card, it looks like. Which what Cleveland seems to have a grasp on, right? Well, Cleveland. Uh, oh, they're the first wild card. Yeah, Sorry. like the, with the Rays, the Red Sox, and the Athletics. Yeah. And then the Indians have the other one. Like, okay. Those, they have like legit super teams. The Dodgers are like a legit super team. I think that that's bad for baseball. A super team? Yeah. Well, I think super teams are bad in any sport. In baseball, it's usually a little more organic. It's not like the NBA where LeBron, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosch had brunch together and decided to screw the league over. That's the story. Those guys had brunch, and that's why they decided, oh, well, just, let's all just play in Miami. Can you imagine if during free agency, like Bryce Harper and Manny Machado all got together and said, hey, what team are we going to make together? You'd be like, that's, you would be mad. You'd be like, we got to make rules against that. Every now and then I forget that LeBron did that and then held that press conference and then held that players thing where he's like, not one, not five, not six, not seven. Yeah. And, and I got to remember, he was a baby. Um, he was like 26. He's never been treated normally his whole life. He's a pretty no, girl. He's like, he's like a pretty girl being a little bit crazy. No, LeBron's great as a person. He's unbelievable given the circumstances. A guy who's been in the public limelight since he was like 14, 15 years old. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Grew up in poverty. Um, no, he's an amazing human being. I don't even, I'm not even that mad about that. I just thought it, it was funny how it didn't turn out that way. Do you remember and, his punked? No, he got punked. No one ever talks about this. And my memory could be wrong, but it was after Kobe's rape thing. Wow. I think that they had a girl give a fake rape allegation against him. Oh, my God. That shows you how much times have changed. I know. I know. It's like 
and he just like walked out of the room. I don't know if it's the best way to handle that, but holy shit. Like, I, if memory serves me correctly, I remember at the time thinking like, that's not okay to do to somebody. Also, the, yeah, the underlying joke is fucking out of control too. Like, oh my God, like that would, the blowback to that now from all sides, especially when you get rape and like race, you know, like a, a black man falsely accused of rape. Ooh. How did that even air? Even then? I don't know. Because LeBron is... was in it and Ashton Kutcher got ratings. Yeah. That's not that show is mega hit, man. What I time is it now, bud? 201. Oh shit. All right. Well, let's get some closing closing thoughts in here. Uh all right. Well, I'll say this. The Yankees to me, their offense is obviously insane. And I do that that video clip of Aaron Boone went viral while we were gone with him getting into the umpire. Dude, it made me want to play for Aaron Boone. He was like yelling <laughs> yeah. at the umpire, being like, You gotta bear down, you gotta you gotta be better. He's like, hunker down. And he's like Let's go because it was like in the first inning or something like that. I like the idea of the, of the manager going, I'm not giving up on you yet, umpire. Yeah. But this is like, you got to fucking fix this shit, man. This is a bad start. Come on, dude. And then when the, the ump like said something to him, he got into his, the ump's face. He goes, That is ridiculous. My guys are fucking savages in the box. He kept saying they're savages in the box, which is just his way of saying my guys are badasses in this batter's box. I know what they're doing. So they're not taking it. If they're not swinging, that's it, something on you. I don't know. I just, I, the whole thing made me go, Fuck yeah, I want to play for. Aaron Boone one day, but uh, he um, he um, uh, the, their offense is ridiculous. But I think the Yankees are when they face good pitching, they they're not that great. The, yeah, the, I yeah, saw yeah, a stat yeah. about their numbers against good pitching. So if if I'm the Yankees, I'm hoping Cleveland doesn't overtake Minnesota because if it's Minnesota versus or no, I'm sorry, if it's Cleveland versus New York first round matchup, I think pitching wise that could be trouble for the Yankees. Absolutely. Anytime that the Indians are in a short series, like they're trouble. They they took out the Red Sox in 2016. Yeah, they're trouble. Even without Bauer. How about that story? Yeah, that Shane Bieber all of a sudden is just like, I'm a Cy Young candidate. And everybody's like, sure, okay. Yeah, Justin Bieber, the actual Justin Bieber wore a jersey that said not Shane Bieber. <laughs> what did Which I say? For Justin, kind of fun. No, you did, said Shane. You got you named, you oh got it right. Oh, my God. I would have been mortified if I said Justin Bieber. You're a Shane believer. Um, <laughs> well, the Astros, of course, have those big three pitching. Justin Verlander, we'll mention this. This is what we'll close on. And then next podcast, which I promise you guys will be fucking soon. No, it will def- <laughs> Yes, it will. Yes, it will. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep making promises that I can't keep because I want to get into Joe Madden talk whether or not we think he'll be back next year and all that kind of stuff. And then by then, we'll be closer to the playoff pitcher uh, really rounding we, out. We don't deserve Joe Madden. Put a statue in front of Wrigley, but don't make him come back and play for ungrateful fucking fans. Could be. We, there's a lot to talk about with him, though, because I'm, I'm going back and forth on him, and we'll get to that, but we, can't, we don't have time now. Okay. We don't have time now. We just don't, dude. Okay. And, and I'll explain uh, myself why, too, because I think I've got some valid reasons. I, still, I will always love Joe Madden. And it's ridiculous to think a guy who's on a five-year contract that is most likely going to make the postseason all five of those years, three NLCSs, a World Series ring, is even in jeopardy of losing his job. But there has been some shit this year where I'm like, okay. I know. So I understand that. There's been a few things where I'm like, come the fuck on, dude. You're betting Albert Elmore leadoff again. Why are you doing this? Like Stuff like that where it's an inconsistent offense, and I believe it's because it's an inconsistent lineup. And I think a lot of his tricks work for 23-year-olds, but now that they're 27-year-old veterans, 28-year-old veterans, it's just not the, – the, the cuteness is worn off. Oh, that's it. That is it, isn't it? They Partially. Aged, they aged out of his uh, Jedi mind tricks. I think so. I think with the whole different lineups constantly – look, I know he famously did that with the Rays at different lineups constantly, but he famously had super young teams – I think it's something about being a young player where you're like, I'm so happy to be in the show. Whatever my manager wants. Oh, my God, this is great. Everything's fun. This is fun. And then you get you get her past uh, that a little bit. Yeah. When he Maybe like, I'm wrong. It's everybody, everybody show up in your pajamas. And they're like, they're kids. And they're like, hell yeah. And then like four years later, they're like, Joe, I mean, I've gotten fucking blowjobs on every continent. Yeah, I think I might get to that, you know. But Verlander, three no hitters. He's in elite company. Where does he rank on best pitchers of our or of this era? He's he solid- the best pitcher of this era or top three? Well, I think that he's going to have some competition with Kershaw. However, 
Verlander was good 10 years ago, and Kershaw wasn't even in the league. Kershaw's on his way out, and Verlander is still a Cy Young candidate, elite pitcher. So, I think there's quite a case to be made for Verlander. I think that he solidified his place in the Hall of Fame. I think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. The last, I mean, like, look at who has three no-hitters. Cy Young, Sandy Koufax, Bob Feller, Nolan Ryan was the last person to do it. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, that is elite, elite company. And then uh, can't forget that guy from the 1800s whose name is escaping me. Where I would have yeah, said it. of course. Guy, uh, guy, Seesaw a, Jones. A guy in the 1800s pitched three no-hitters underhanded. Look, yeah. at, look it up. Even even more difficult when you think about it. But yeah, Verlander definitely. I mean, I was looking at like some advanced stats where Kershaw still has like edges on him. But you're right. There's the longevity with Verlander. There's something going on in Houston. I'm not making accusations, but there's something in the water there where these guys are going down there. Their spin rates are going out of control. Whoever their pitching coach is, I would, if I'm the Houston Astros owner, I give him a piece of the team to keep him there forever. Because <laughs> yeah. they, they, he must be doing something right. Garrett Cole was yeah, always Garrett really, Cole. really good. And he's, he's gonna, elite. And he's going to win the Cy Young this year. Yeah, there's just so many. It's, there's, it's just a little weird. Charlie Morton was the guy where you're like, what? And now and he's insanely good after well, being uh, part of that rotation. He's better on the Rays, isn't he? Yeah, but didn't he kind of emerge with Houston, though? Yeah, maybe he, he took from what we learned there. Yeah. I mean, Verlander, look. Verlander was obviously awesome. But that year, 2017 season, because I know there's hateful Cubs fans on Twitter who are like, oh, he had no, should have got Verlander. He had no At that time, He had no business coming back and becoming elite again. Yeah. At the time that trade was made, because the Cubs got content at the all-star break, where Verlander was a waive, August waiver deal toward the end of August. At that time, there was nobody in baseball who would have said you'd rather Verlander than Jose Quintana. Because Verlander right. had like a high four ERA. Yeah. It looked like you know, he's older. Team, the contract wasn't team friendly, like two more years at like almost 60 million, I believe, where Quintana was three more years at 30 million, 10 million a season. 10 million a season for a starting pitcher in this market is a ridiculous bargain. So, like, but Jed Hoyer, the Cubs GM, was on TV the other day or on the local radio station saying, Yeah, of course, if I could do it all over again, we'd get Verlander. Anybody would. But he wasn't saying, like, over Quintana, he was saying that we would have tried to make a waiver deal for him. Because they were talking to them because they were thinking about replacing Lackey, but then I guess the Tigers wanted more than they thought was deserve it or something. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I incredible. mean, advanced stats can't really tell you what a supermodel wife will fuck into you. Oh, man. And he's got Kate Upton. That guy's one. He is one at life. <laughs> In case I haven't pissed everybody off already. Yeah. Where's Max Scherzer on your list? We got Kershaw. I mean, you got Verlander one, Kershaw two, or, you know. They, Although, were, they were both on the Tigers at the same time. How fun is that? Yeah, man. That guy knows how to scout, huh? Verlander, or sorry, Scherzer. I think that, you know what's funny is I think Scherzer has the highest peak uh, out of, I think that Kershaw at his best, Verlander at his best, Scherzer at his best. You're taking Scherzer. Yeah, I would too. I also think that he's the Cy Young in the National League this year. If you look at his stats... He just keeps staying the best. Bless you. He keeps you. he keeps staying the best. So he's not – I mean, man, I would have said easily Kershaw like even two years ago. But these guys are really making a case for it. I don't think Scherzer is a Hall of Famer yet. But um, – If he wants to sign in again this year, that's three Cy Young. It's almost like impossible to not give it to him. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't look like he's slowing down either. No. I would put my money on, yeah, he'll make the Hall of Fame. I'll put my money on Kershaw, and I'll put my money on Verlander, definitely, without about, a doubt. What about Granky? Granky is like... What about CeCe Sabathia? I think I would put CeCe in. It seems like the right move to me. Yeah, right? Granky's probably going to get... I'd probably say yes towards Granky. Funny thing about Granky is I feel like he has elite years, and then he'll mix in a, a so-so year. And so it makes people kind of forget about him a little bit. Yeah, like look at him in 20, what was it, 13? Which, when he was on the Royals and he was just like out of control. Yeah. I he goes to like the Brewers and it's like not as good. Then he's like not as good, really, yeah. really good again on the Dodgers. He's, he's His first like, year in Arizona wasn't very good. And then after that, yeah. he was really, really good. Yeah, look at, look at him this year. Look at his stats it's, this year. 
I think it takes him a season to adjust maybe to his new surroundings. I'm not sure. But, yeah, he's – I think the, the Astros have the top three guys in whip. And all base – like, that's crazy. They're, and they might have one, two, three in ERA too. Like, it's, they're, they're – It's nuts. I know. They're, the Astros might have to be my pick to win the World Series, which is kind of an obvious because they're to say right now. But who knows? It's, what about, the playoffs still I mean, could happen. What about the fact that Kershaw's the third best pitcher on that team? I know, yeah, the Dodgers pitching fantastic, and we know how Kershaw has come playoff time. That's another reason I have to give it to Verlander. Verlander was amazing in that World Series against Kershaw. Oh, right. Although Kershaw's been better a little bit in the playoffs, but still it's one of those games where you're like, what? It's so weird. Him and David Price had that thing going back yeah. and forth where you're like, yeah. how are you guys so good in these months, but then in this month you're, that you're very hittable? Yeah, it's just random. Yeah, it's random, or like in the playoffs you're facing better lineups too. That so. could be, yeah. Yeah, how often do you pay attention to the lineups you're facing? You, there are guys, there are a lot of famous athletes across all sports, and, I, and we'll end on this, that make their living thriving against bad competition, and you just kind of don't notice they get shut down when they face good competition. The guy in the NBA right now, James Harden. That guy will score 35 a night come playoff time. It's 22, and he's chucking and missing left and right, and it's because, oh, you're actually facing a good team that knows how to game plan against your one-dimensional bullshit, you know? Not a James Harden fan. Anyhow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Everyone, uh, you guys got to check out Hunk with Mike Bryan sign. It's this great podcast. He's really been killing it, man. I, um, I admire the range of really cool guests, man. You know, every, every week I feel like you're like a new cool-ass guest from different uh, walks of life, man. It's good stuff. Thank you, dude. Thank you. I appreciate it. And um, everyone, again, I'm sorry that we've been so inconsistent. Hopefully we'll be back with him before the season ends. Um, I can't even be like next week for sure. I wish we could. It's just that type of season for I everybody. Th- I think we need the Cubs to heat up and we'll be more uh, excited to talk about it. Yeah. Stuff like that. But I do, I definitely know what we've got plenty more to talk about throughout the rest of the season. So um, hopefully we'll be there for you. And uh, you guys have fun, man. Look, look at the positive side of things. That's been go. the value from this podcast that we're giving to you. <laughs> be positive. Yeah, yeah. All right, everybody. This has been comedians talking baseball. Cheers.